Hey, hey, this is the Screen Geeks podcast. I am Vengeance, and with me is Christian. Hey, everyone. Uh, you can be Vengeance if you want. I, you know, I don't want to take take it, but... No, I, I don't want to be Vengeance, actually. Okay, okay. So, and we'll talk about that later. So. Well, the start, of the, the start of the podcast, I'm Vengeance. Later on, I'm going to abandon it, and I'll have seen the error of my ways. But, oh, okay, there we go. <laughs> obviously, we're talking about the Batman. Came out this week spoilers will ensue so be warned you know if you haven't seen the movie turn it off now or just listen and be spoiled because whatever <laughs> but anyway whatever you want to do <laughs> all right so so let's get to it so i guess first like overall reactions what's your immediate thought you just saw the movie today so it's very fresh to you what what's your what's your coming out of the theater take on it uh coming out of theater I was very impressed. Um, I had a feeling already that it was going to be a good movie. You know, I was a little worried here and there, but I, you know, I, I, I really felt with early reactions and stuff, it was going to be good. I think it probably exceeded even my expectations is the way I felt when I walked out. Okay. Yeah. I mean that, so I think we had talked about this too. Like, I think we were both like very carefully managing our expectations and like, I had a feeling that it was going to be really, really good, but I didn't want to let myself think that in case it was just mediocre and I didn't want to be disappointed, but yeah. I think it, it delivered, you know, like it really did. And I, I, I feel like I need to let it sit even longer and see it another two or 10 times and, um, <laughs> and to like, you know, really like say, you know, where does this fall in the, the ranking of Batman movies and whatnot, but right now I feel like it's 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 up there, you know, it's up there for sure. It's oh. it is. We talked about our rankings last week too. When I walked out, that was kind of my thought of obviously. I mean, it's it's so fresh, and yeah. we've both seen each Batman, the Nolan Batman trilogy, right. multiple times over the years. Um, so you know, I couldn't definitively place it yet, but when I was walking out, I I, I felt like, wow, that actually is going to definitely rank up higher than I thought it was going to. Yeah. Yeah. You know. All right, so let's let's start breaking this down a little and talking about things. So first thing I would say is we got to talk about my boy Rob Pattinson. Um, what 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 you know? How did you do? What did you think? So. First of all, like a very small thing I just thought was funny that I already liked better um, than Christian Bale was what we was like one of the only things we disliked about Christian Bale was right. the voice. The voice, you yeah. know, I I really liked his version of Batman. I really liked even like it didn't it wasn't that Batman, you right, know right like, right like type deal. It was he he, he really seemed to have a lot more dialogue and character development around Batman himself, you know? Yeah. And, and it was, I really appreciated that. And that was like one of the things that I'm like, don't get me wrong. We've talked about it. Like I love Christian Bale's Batman. Um, but that was like one thing that we had talked about not liking is that, you know, the, oh, the heavy breath, like yeah. about it. And he didn't have that on the flip yeah. side. I wasn't a fan too much of his bruce wayne and we can go more into that yeah. later but um, no, I, I i go ahead go for it tell me but i was like but but 
but I really did enjoy his Batman character. I thought he did a good job, and I I thought the voice wasn't that over the top kind of uh, you know yeah voice. No, I I think we're in line here. Like I I loved him as Batman, and I love that there was actually you know take take whatever even take you know uh, Tim Burton the Schumacher movies any incarnation of Batman really, especially if you're just looking at Batman as batman not considering like the bruce wayne of it all batman doesn't really have much of a character arc you know it's kind of he's batman and like he's like you know tried and true and he's kind of always what he is but pattinson's version of batman really does go through some changes really does have more of a storyline and an arc and um some character development that i appreciated and i i agree about the Bruce Wayne part of him. Um, not that he did anything wrong per se. It's just this, this movie is not about Bruce Wayne and it's not, yeah. a, you know, he, I mean, the ratio has got to be like 92% Batman, <laughs> 8% Bruce, you know, like at Bruce least yeah. not in it much, you know? Yeah. Um, and um, so, so yeah, like, you know, you would never put at, at least through this first movie, you would never say like, Pattinson was one of the best Bruce Wayne's because there's just not a, a big enough sample size. But I mean, I wouldn't hesitate at all to say that I feel like he's definitely on the the best Batman list now. You know? Oh, I agree. Uh, and again, yeah, I mean, maybe in sequels we'll see more of a Bruce Wayne role, and it really just wasn't up. But it, yeah, it was mostly the Batman, and it was definitely the heaviest amount of. Batman developed like as a character Batman yeah uh development and dialogue and what we got to see and with that had we seen that amount and it was Christian Bale's voice I think I wouldn't be able to handle that yeah. you know like that amount but uh, it it I, I, I agree I, I think he as as I feel right now I am fresh that yeah. he he's definitely one of the best bat Batmans I've seen yeah and so here, here's here's the way I kind of look at it too. It's like, let's let's take Bale, right? So you have Bruce Wayne. Let's forget about we we talked about how Bale has the challenge of he has to play two different versions of Bruce Wayne, right? He has to play mm -hmm. his actual self, but then he has to play that public persona, right? But Bruce Wayne, Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne has a character arc, you know. It's um you know, dealing with the death of his parents and wanting, you know, first like turning his back kind of on his father's legacy and everything, and then coming back to it and embracing it and trying to take over his, take his company back over, trying to clean up Gotham, his, um, you know, love interest with Rachel, all this stuff. But he also does that through putting on a mask and being Batman. In this version, I feel like it's opposite. I feel like Pattinson is Batman and that's how he feels comfortable. And when he wants to put on his mask is those few scenes that we see him as Bruce, you know, like they talk about, he has to go to certain events and things like that. And it's like pulling teeth. Like, I feel like him having to be Bruce Wayne is his nightmare. Yeah. He feels comfortable being Batman and that's where all the, the development of his character is and that you know we kind of joked about it already but that's kind of the the i am vengeance to what he becomes in the end plays into it is his transformation while he is batman 
and the Bruce Wayne part of him is not as heavily highlighted because I think that this character doesn't want to be Bruce Wayne. He doesn't want that to be a part of him. No, and even, you know, the scene where we really first see him as Bruce Wayne and Alfred's like, hey, you know, the, uh, I think it was the accountants are coming by. Um, yeah. He wants nothing to do with it. And then even when he agrees and agrees to it and the accountants do come by, we don't even see any scene around that like it, we never even see like a bruce wayne like interacting you know with these accountants and yeah. you know doing this thing like and so yeah it was definitely way more centered around Batman. yeah so <clears throat> let's talk about his suit a little bit um the last two versions of batman we got was was bale and and batfleck right so <laughs> bale has this you know billion dollar company with lucius fox like designing this military grade equipment for him um affleck has pretty much like a an iron man you know fucking indestructible <laughs> type suit and they've got crazy amounts of tech this is definitely a dialed down version of that like this bat suit is a guy made it he's you know he's got his combat boots He's pretty much wearing the same leathers that he wears when he's on his motorcycle. Um, you know, he's got a little bit of like gadgetry. He's got that cool, like, you know, emblem knife type thing, which I thought was a cool touch. And it's bulletproof still. Right, right, right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you gotta, you gotta. Yeah, yeah, you gotta. <laughs> but what I loved, loved was the cowl, the mask, because they took away the 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 like his cheeks were exposed you could see the whole bottom half of his face and while practically it might not be the best if you're going to be getting shot at for an actor you were really able to see pattinson act and get a sense of his facial expressions and everything in that suit because you could see so much of his face even when he's in disguise no that's very true because even like with bale's version it's like there are scenes where you can easily put in a double and you won't necessarily know, you know? Right. Right. <laughs> so, so I, I like the suit a lot, you know, I, it was a little weird when he did his like flying squirrel act off the building. Uh, I didn't yes. really, I did. I don't know if I really knew what was happening. It's like, what is this? But <laughs> I, I, and so I like, as we're talking about the suit, I really did like it. And I did like, they did focus into, and you saw that it was like those combat boots. It was like these black, like when he's walking and stuff yeah, like it, yeah. you know, it, 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 and so it was definitely different that I, I have a few criticisms of the movie and we'll get into more, but that was one of them. I did not like the escape scene from, yeah. I, I liked it up until that point. I was not about the squirrel suit and the way that he went down i thought was a little bit over the top as far as like because it, it it was definitely trying to be the same as the nolan movies where you're seeing a more real person yeah and i feel like that fucking impact and fall and everything he took yeah. after like that well it, yeah like it, it, you it, know it, in a comic movie it's okay but like yeah it's not really the take and i was like that's a little right. dude he's got to be going 100 miles an hour right now. and like, i mean you mentioned <laughs> you mentioned a comic book movie and really this is not a comic book movie like you've got one character that's really in the bat suit but even most of the villains aren't really wearing 
costumes, you know, like even Riddler kind of has a mask, so you don't really know who he is, but it's not, this ain't Jim Carrey in green spandex, you know? No, um, exactly. And, and there's nothing about this movie that's cartoony, you know, this is, I mean, and this is one of my bullet points to me, this, this is this movie. It's seven. It's seven mixed with Zodiac. This is a David Fincher movie that Matt Reeves made, mm-hmm. you know, um, you've got, you've got Gordon, pretty much being the Morgan Freeman role. You've got Pattinson being Brad Pitt. You've got the Riddler, who's Kevin Spacey. And I was just waiting for Catwoman's head to end up in a box. Like, <laughs> you open the box. Right. But, um, but so it's a very grounded movie and it's very much like just a, a crime serial killer drama. So the fact that this is the most realist movie we've gotten with a comic book character the fact that like he does take that tumble and fall and you know sure he gets up and he's like you know stumbled by it and everything but it, that 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 was kind of the most comic-y part of the whole movie i thought and that's that way because it just for that few seconds it took me out of it and had it been a comic-y like you know original batman band batman returns it would have been fine but it was the fact like everything that you just explained and then we see that and I it just it it took away from the seriousness of and and the dark tone of the movie for just like again great movie and you know that was just one of my critiques was I didn't like that flying squirrel weird suit and the way he came out and the the impact everything because that just made it a little bit cartoony at that point you know one thing I did like about the few scenes where he's kind of like not even flying around but you know like he has to make escapes quickly and stuff like that is um in in some of these other movies especially the nolan ones you get these like beautiful shots of like batman just like standing atop of this building like a gargoyle looking over the city and i love those shots in those movies but pattinson's batman is not doing that like i feel like this guy's afraid of heights or something you know and so yes. e- everything he anytime he does something like one of those falls it's not elegant you know it's very like this is a guy just stumbling his way through things he's got some you know cool gadgets because he's rich and can get this stuff but he's not like very couth about it you know no because when he runs up onto the ledge he kind of goes whoa you know like you see him for that second like he was not quite coordinated and he was a little nervous like when he jumped up you know so yeah you do see that um so the car it's definitely a different kind of batmobile again i personally loved it like i and i said to a friend of mine i was like this is you know this is a a car straight out of the fast and the furious with like a jet engine on it you know Um, yeah and it doesn't it doesn't play that big of a role in the movie which i think is smart because if you've got a car like that just cruising down the streets it stands out so I like a lot of the movie. He's just like incognito on his motorcycle. But the couple scenes we get with the car, especially that chase scene with Penguin, mm-hmm. the, the chase scene was fine. But the best shot of the movie to me is the shot where Penguin's upside down and you think he thinks that he got got him. I got yeah, I got yeah. Him. yeah. And he just like comes out of the flames that's like in the shape of a bat. And it's just, he's walking towards the car. Oh, what a moment. Oh, um, I love that moment of him yeah. walking up on the car. And so, so, what did, so yeah, what do you think about the car? 
So I had the same opinion as far as I felt like it was definitely the perfect vehicle, especially I'd say in year two. Um, yeah, yeah. Or technically, or is it year three? I mean, he says it's been two years, I yeah, guess. Yeah, I mean, I, they I, definitely have been like saying this is year two. So Yeah. Um, and I thought it was fucking badass. I obviously it was, it looked like it had bulletproof glass, right? Because yeah, penguins yeah. shoot on them and it seemed like that's what it was. It, you know, and it's very powerful, everything. Um, I do question what will happen in the sequels because, um, my only critique was that I would say I, I would like to see a little more gadgetry with his vehicle than yeah. I did. But that doesn't mean that I, like, I thought it was fucking still a badass car. And I did love the fact that what we did see from him was a lot of more just, uh, when he was on the motorcycle most of the time, too, he wasn't even in the bad suit. No, you yeah, know, he, yeah. he was doing detective work and he right. was, you know, doing his investigations and everything. And, and so I agree in that aspect. Um, the car, I, I guess the only other thing I, and this is just being nitpicky. Uh, Christian, this the, is a safe space. You can, <laughs> you can say what you want to say freely. We already know you like the movie. Uh, is that we didn't get to see any kind of development. Like, we did see an engine hanging. I remember, yeah. you know, when he's out. But even within, like, the, uh, you know, like, the Batman Begins, Dark, like, we got to see him first introduced to the car, stuff like, I would have at least, just, uh, again, nitpicky, like, yeah. seen a little bit of the build around it, like, yeah. you know, I, I don't know, that's just I'm, me. Like, yeah, no, one thing, and it's, I'm not questioning, but, like, we don't, I don't really know, like, where the few gadgets we do see him having, where do they come from? Like, you know, as far as we know, he doesn't have a Lucius Fox. And um, yeah. you, you might think, oh, well, maybe Alfred is helping him build this stuff. But at one point, Alfred even is kind of like, oh, what's this for something? I can't remember. So it's like, it's implied that like, this is stuff new to him also. And we don't, you know, we never get any kind of an inkling that Bruce like had some sort of a, you know, um, rocket scientist background or something to where he's building you know these contact lenses or yes. any of this stuff so i don't really and you know obviously he, he's supposed to have or have had because it seems like his company's kind of going broke money um but there's really no indication of why this guy has some of this stuff which which is not bad because it's not like he's got this over the top stuff but the little bit of stuff he does have i am kind of curious where it came from well, yeah, because I mean, those contact lenses are very high tech, yeah. you know, and yeah. and so if I if I am nitpicking again, same thing. Like in in Batman Begins, we get to see Christian Bale approaching Lucius Fox and like finding these things, and like and you see the bat suit getting developed from a point of like it wasn't the bat suit at first, you know, it was like built from like a completely different tech, right? That it was made for something else, and. And I'm not saying they needed to go into all of that like the way they did before, but it definitely was like something like, yeah, he does have all this stuff. And I don't know that. Yeah, yeah. it really wasn't a huge thing, but that was something I saw. All right. So you kind of mentioned this already, but this this is my favorite part of the movie is the fact that Batman is a detective that he is investigating things 
you know, I mean, he's, it's, it's, you know, Batman, the first time Batman makes an appearance is in detective comics. Like Batman yes. has a history of being a detective. And I feel like more so than in any incarnation we've seen of Batman, he's not out just beating up thugs, which he does, or, you know, um, like arresting people or whatever, but he's actually investigating these crimes. And I, I thought that was awesome. I loved it. That was one of my favorite parts of the movie was you got to see him on so many crime scenes alone as Batman and completely studying everything in the room. And the first time we see him studying everything, you don't realize he has that contact lens until he goes back. Right. But, um, you know, he's really looking at clues, figuring things out. And then him following like Selena and, you know, like him staging out in areas and like what, like it was definitely the most detective batman that we've seen because even like within uh, you know batman begins with stuff like we do see a little bit here and there but like this was him yeah chasing more leads solving more things you know like like the most the most we usually see is maybe them like doing some research on their computer and things like that you know but yeah like he's at these crime scenes and you know this version of batman is not skulking in the shadows either like he's no. there, he's in the room, you know, like he's, he's just a part of the city, even yeah. though it seems like a lot of these cops would rather he wasn't. Um, yeah. He's not, he's not hiding from anybody. He's there. Yeah, no, he walks right down the middle of that hallway, you know, like with all the cops and goes and is investigating and he's picking up on things that they're not picking up on, you yeah. know? And, and so I thought they did that very fucking well like uh, the way he would and you could see it too within his character yeah. the way he would scan the room and look at things and and notice everything because you even see at one point he sees the um that little rid the little sign on the floor that the riddler left and he kind of walks away and then you see one of the csi team members she like looks at him like what did he oh okay like and yeah. she goes and photographs it um but he definitely picks up on a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's very much like Sherlock Holmes, it seems like, yeah. which was cool. Yeah. All right, so I, I got one more thing and then we'll start talking about some of the characters. So Gotham, Gotham as a character, how like how do you rank this Gotham when it comes to other Gothams? Whew, that, that's a tough question. I wasn't expecting that. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I... I I really liked this Gotham. It was it was a very okay because actually what I really liked was when he is question you know he's narrating and he's questioning himself and he's like I've been doing this now two years and mm-hmm. crimes up um, drug sales all that you know like I I don't know that I am I'm making an impact and you can see that this Gotham is definitely a very dark and corrupt Gotham which they always yeah. are. Right. But, it, it, you know, it really comes to surface here. And the fact that he's even admitting, you know, like, and he's questioning, like, God, I've been doing this shit for two years. And it, like, am I doing anything? Am I yeah. making an impact? And and I loved, and we'll get more into the characters, but it, it, I, it was a very believable, well-ran, like, mafia scene and, like, all the bad people within it and the corrupt cops and everything. And it... I thought they portrayed the corruption and the darkness of the city very well in this. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And then just from an aesthetic point of view, what I really liked about this Gotham is 
it was kind of indistinguishable. You know, like sometimes you see versions and it's like, oh, that's New York. Oh, that's Chicago. That's Pittsburgh. Or, you know, you kind of know, you can get a feel for where they filmed it. But <clears> this was so different, you know, and I know that they did kind of, especially like in the COVID era, COVID era bounce around a lot. They they filmed some in like um, London and they filmed some in um, probably Toronto and some in New York or whatever, you know. So at, at no point did you ever really feel like it wasn't Gotham. It was, true. It, it didn't seem like something else to me ever, which is a plus. No, very, very true. All right. So let's, let's talk about some of the characters. So I guess we'll do, we'll, let's do Gordon and then we'll talk about some of the villains. So um, obviously Gary Oldman is a master and I love his version of, of Gordon in the, the Nolan trilogy. Um, in the the Burton and Schumacher movies, Gordon is more of like a cartoon character. He's not really yeah. anything. Um, so I didn't think there would be any way to top how I felt about Gary Oldman, but I really did like this take by Jeffrey Wright, um, especially because it was like the two of them were partners. You know, like I said, the, the Brad Pitt and Morgan Freeman, you know, they, they were teamed up trying to solve these crimes together. And um, Gordon has a lot of exposition he has to give out, you know, like a lot of like uh, kind of clunky dialogue that I feel like a lesser actor, it would have seemed kind of dull. But mm. anytime that he was like speaking, I was I was into it. No, and I think time will tell, like if there's a second, third, uh, and we'll be able to see more out of his character because Gary Oldman, I mean, we got to see him in a trilogy. We got to see right. him go through so many different changes and becoming a commissioner and then like faking his death and like to protect us like, there was a lot that went within so it's hard for me to totally compare yet but i will say that he was definitely better than i thought it was going to be because sometimes the the gordon character has been kind of a just stock anyone could step in and do it yeah. you know and right. it and and you could tell too the only reason why batman had access to all these scenes that did like is the pull that gordon he had yeah. just enough pull around yeah. to get him in there and he was one of the only ones that fucking actually saw that he could trust batman and was like batman was doing good you know yeah, so exactly i i i'm excited to see him move forward and we'll see if this ends up being a trilogy or what um i would i would say at this point i can't totally you know, compare him to yeah. Oldman yet because Oldman's had so much more yeah. going on. You know, but and the, we'll there see. definitely is going to be more because I've heard that they're planning on doing an HBO Max series about Gotham PD with, oh, okay. with Jeffrey Wright. So I think there's definitely going to be more to come um, on that character. So yeah, we might get we might end up like spending a lot of time with this dude, and then yeah, we'll really be able to like compare even though it's yeah. stupid to compare things anyway but whatever <laughs> they're both great it's fine yeah all right so we went to a straight up hero to maybe like an anti-hero so selena kyle zoe kravitz is catwoman uh thoughts um i really enjoyed her too i it so here's what i like I liked the chemistry between her and Batman. Yes, that, I thought there was... They were on fire, for sure. I thought there was a really good chemistry between them. Um, I did like her character. I, at this point, 
and I don't know how you feel or other people feel. I think I still prefer Anne Hathaway's. Yeah. And maybe that was, well, I'm trying to think about screen time. It was probably pretty comparable for both of them. Um, well, and, and I can't really totally say either because we saw Anne Hathaway's Catwoman within one movie and we saw the change with her and then her, as we talked about last week, you know, being with Bruce Wayne at the end, yeah, you know, right. um, at the end of this, she's running away, you yeah. know, and so we don't totally see how the end game is. Uh, and I felt like she did fight well, but I, I, I felt like Anne Hathaway's character was a little more badass, yeah. honestly. No, I, I, I second that. I mean, Anne Hathaway's my girl. So, like, I don't, it would take a lot for me to, like, you know, usurp her as my favorite. But, yeah. um, but no, I did like Zoe a lot. Um, uh, you know, there wasn't, there wasn't too much to her character, you know, like we, we get a feel for, um, like there, there wasn't much to ever show her as a villain other than, you know, she was trying to steal money from the mob and the fact that she wanted to <laughs> kick dude off the top of that building. But, but really you're like rooting for that. You're like, right. Steal right. from the mob. Like, right. You know, <laughs> you know whereas Anne Hathaway, like she set up Batman, he got his back broke, his back broken, you know, like, uh, so there was a little bit more to because like I said Catwoman should be an anti-hero she should never really feel like she's on either side I feel like you know and it um, always felt like she was on Batman's side from from the beginning right was like, exactly yeah but um, I still liked her a lot and yeah her and Patton sit together like yeah they they had palpable chemistry you know so um, going forward in a sequel there's no way they don't include her because I feel like that that's one of the things that people are going to think really worked in this movie was the two of them together. And, and I think that's true. So, um, uh, you know, overall, you know, good job. Like I liked her. Yeah. All right. So the penguin Colin Farrell, obviously unrecognizable, um, <laughs> but a strong performance, you know, even though he's wearing, you know, prosthetics and whatnot, there was a lot of animation in his face still. And, he, you know, at times he's a little bit over the top in a good way, because I think if you're wearing all that makeup, you kind of have to overly express things. But, um, you know, it, again, because this movie is very based in reality and not super cartoony, you know, this isn't Danny DeVito with that, quack, 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 you know, <laughs> like, um, so it's, it's a, it's a, it, it, he's really just a mobster, you know? But I, I liked his character and I liked it. Also, he wasn't, he wasn't arch, you know, it was, it's never, I don't like when a villain's a villain just because they're a villain, you know, it's like, you didn't hate his character, even though sometimes he, it's obvious that he's a bad guy. You didn't like hate him because it's like, he's, you know, he, like I said, he's just uh, a mobster, really. I, I loved him as the penguin. I thought, okay. If I would have watched that entire movie and somehow not known that that was Colin Farrell, I right. don't know that I would have in picked it up in the entire movie. Yeah. That that was Colin Farrell. Like maybe, maybe, you know, the voice a little bit and actually we'll get to later my thoughts on hearing a voice that I know sounds familiar, but the face doesn't seem recognizable to be, to be continued. But yeah, yeah. so maybe on Penguin's voice a little bit, but yeah, there's, there's no, and even I was talking to a buddy of mine and, 
we had already specifically talked multiple times about the fact that Colin Farrell was playing the penguin. And then yet when we were talking about the movie, he, he made a comment about like, yeah, I thought the penguin is good. You know, I don't know who played him. And I was like, what? We talked about this. It's Colin Farrell. And he's like, what? Colin Farrell? And I was <laughs> like, yeah, Colin Farrell, dude. No, see, and that's the thing. Like I went in knowing that. And so I, I knew the entire time, but it's like, God, the makeup job they did and the way he acts and like, like, I, I really liked his character and same thing, you know, he is what you said, you know, he's a bad guy, but he doesn't actually do any like sleazy, like over the top, fucked up, like stupid things. Like he, you just know he's within that world and he is a bad guy, but I, I thought, I thought he did fucking awesome. And, uh, you know, and I love, and as we talked about, you know, when he thought he got Batman, he's like, I got you. Yeah, like, yeah. You know? And then like, and then he comes popping through the flame and the way he's walking up on him and he's just like looking at him. Like, yeah. I, I thought he did. I, I, I'm excited. Obviously, it leaves it open for him to be in the sequel was probably stepping up, I'm yeah. assuming. You oh, know? yeah. Well, also, much like I said about Gotham PD, Colin Farrell's getting his own HBO Max show of The Penguin. So oh, I didn't I, hear about that. Yeah, no. so I'm... I'm I'm a little concerned that we've got these two shows and I would be surprised if Batman makes an appearance in either one of them. So it's a little weird that in both instances, Batman was such like a key component to their storylines. So doing a show set in Gotham without Batman may be a little bit weird, but, um, but you know, we'll, we'll see. Yeah. All right. So since we're talking about mobsters and whatnot, we got Falcone or Falcone. Um, it seems like they call him Falcone in this, so we'll go with that. Uh, John Turturro, fantastic actor, um, did a did a great job. You know, very sinister. I like the fact that they made this storyline twist where he's actually Selena's father and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So one thing, and this is no fault of the movie, is it's hard for me to not see him as his character from Mr. Deeds. Oh, is the butler? <laughs> yes. And it's so, very he's sneaky. Very sneaky. Yes, yes, I'm very <laughs> sneaky. So yeah, so I just kept thinking that. And you know, that's my own thing. But you know, I I liked his I liked him. And he actually does do bad shit, you know. So he is a bad guy. And th- there's a lot of bouncing back, you know, it's like, you know, was he involved in the Wayne's murders? Was he not? You know, there, there's some storyline with a witness. Some at some points in this, the plot got a little too complicated, even for me. It's like, you know, they're talking about, you know, Maroney doing it. And yeah. Falcone, and then so, I don't know if it was thug and yeah. Right. And exactly. I, so, but, but I liked Totoro. I thought he was good. I, I really liked him too. Um, and it's funny because Mr. Deeds is like low key, uh, uh, guilty pleasure of mine. It's very it's, sneaky. It, it, I, in his character, I think that is one of the most hilarious things like in that movie like the yeah. fact like this is always just and you hear like the little whoosh of yeah air. exactly you know? yeah, he's always he's just always gone and i assume but he's been a lot of other like i yeah. i also really think of him and i kind of channeled this when i was watching of his role in rounders well that i was uh, that's exactly what i was thinking too i was like i love rounders and i love yeah. his role in rounders yeah he's, and, he's great in that movie a very very like calm performance you know but like when they're in that like swedish bathhouse or whatever he's just so like 
the way he even delivers lines, it's like, there's no effort in it. It's just smooth, you know? And so I thought that, I think that's probably one of his best performances. Yeah. And that was like, I, I loved him in that movie. And, yeah. and so see me here. I, I thought he did a good job. I thought he was like, I, I, I did really like the dial. And I actually, probably one of my more favorite scenes with him was the first time he sees Bruce Wayne at yeah. the memorial yeah. and the little interaction that they had and telling them about, how his dad saved his life, you know, all that. Like, right. uh, and and so no, I, I thought he did a good job, and I let I, I he was he was believable in his role. Yeah. All right, so I guess the reason why this movie exists is the Riddler. So, <laughs> instant reaction. What do you think? From the first scene he was in, I immediately liked him. Honestly, yeah, I. And like you said, even with the costume and stuff, it 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 wasn't. I mean, this was, and I think we even see like when he's on his uh, little blog, video blog thing. Yeah. And someone, there's a comment in there. Um, I don't know if you noticed this, and it said like, "Oh, that's just a whatever." Yeah, suit. from like you, the Army Navy supply store or something. Yes. Yeah. And so yeah, it was. It wasn't like this like ridiculous, over the top, self made suit or like high tech or anything you know it was like more of just kind of a believable suit and you know and we really see too at the end when he talks about like how he felt when he's like behind the mask and everything um it was it 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 was way more real and brought you into you know i'm getting away from like the jim carrey green right you know this and that like i mean he was truly just fucking obviously demented and fucked up and had all of these ideas but he was also extremely smart and i loved too because at no point in the movie did you ever feel like and this is one thing that will take me away from certain characters is you never felt like at any time that he was overpowerful because every time he attacked anyone it wasn't it like i mean he didn't just like kick their ass and like get in a fight you know it was right. usually i mean he was just like sneaking out and he says that to batman like you i couldn't do what you just did you brought him into the life like i couldn't yeah. have gone to like i'm not a, i i use it you know yeah and, and obviously he's fucked up but he's extremely smart he likes playing these games he wants to expose these guys and at no point did you ever feel like that there wasn't a scene like where he was doing all the shit and all of a sudden he could fight that man you know right, like right, and, right. and that that happens sometimes in movies where you have a, a character like his and then all of a sudden like how how did he also have these abilities like fight batman you know like physically yeah. and, and so you they never did that and i really appreciate it and his i thought he you know just his speeches and everything he did and everything i thought he did a really good job in that yeah. role. yeah no definitely and um i like you said like it would have been dumb if the last scene is the two of them squaring off, you know, especially like, you know, I love Paul Dano. He's a fantastic actor. I almost wish I didn't know he was the Riddler just so that by the end, when you see him out of costume, finally, you're like, like this guy, you know, really? Um, Right. But yeah, I mean, the two of them are not going to put up Dukes and fight, you know, that's just, but that doesn't mean that they're not battling. It's a cat and mouse game you know, yes, which was really cool. And what I loved about it was that there's a very thin line between the differences between Batman and Riddler. 
for all intents and purposes, they have the exact same mission. They want to rid the city of crime and Mm -hmm. make people pay for their wrongdoing. But when you've got someone demented like the Riddler was, he goes about it in a in a serial killer way. And the other thing I really liked is that when it comes to, you know, the end and he's got social media involved and he's recruiting these people, his instead of being this arch villain, he's much more of a, you know, this is a story taken straight out of real life. We've got these guys on top of towers in Las Vegas you know, with assault rifles, just shooting at crowds and stuff like that. And that's exactly what happens in the, the end of this movie, you know? So it's like, again, very much based in reality. So I love that the two of them really are almost this, you know, like I said, they're on the same mission, just it's two completely different ways of doing it. And I think that's what really the, the first scene that we see Batman where he's like fucking up all those dudes. <clears throat> and he says the, you know, on vengeance line, because he sees kind of what this may lead to with the Riddler, that's what makes him maybe realize that he needs to have a different approach. Yeah, and I agree there because, you know, in the Riddler's mind too, you see him break down at the end when Batman says all that shit to him. And he's like, no, 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 like this wasn't the way it was, you know, because you're right. They are very similar on their missions it's just the fact that the riddler is demented and will you know tie bombs around someone's neck or but he is all about exposing the corruption and the wrongness of gotham and ridding these people of it batman wants to rid them by putting them in prison he wants riddler wants to rid them by brutally murdering them, yeah. you know but they are in the end going after the same thing you know yeah. and you're right at the end too i mean he, he knew that there was only a so far he could go within his plan and he had to recruit he had to have all these people with guns and mm-hmm. and follow him because it, and that's why I love too. Like it wasn't him at the end, just up on there, shoots that mayor candidate, and then fights Batman. Because then that would have been unbelievable, yeah. you know, at that point. And, and even that, you know, that rando thug that Batman confronts when I, I think maybe somebody says like, you know, who are you or something, and the dude just says, "I'm vengeance," and that's that's really the thing that clicks to Bruce. Like, I'm going about this the wrong way you know because he because this guy was blindly following the riddler online yeah his all shit and saying i'm vengeance you know and yeah and um the other thing i really like is and we kind of talked about this when we were talking about um like the dark knight with with heath was that there was this um in joker's mind like him and Batman were like a yin and yang, like neither one of them could coexist without the other one. Like they needed each other. And I feel mm-hmm. like they, they carried that over into this movie. Like I said, with the, the duality of the two of them, like each kind of being one side of a coin, just completely different sides. Um, so I like that. And especially in Riddler's mind, he, he feels like they need each other. Like you said, he, he couldn't have, you know, strapped someone to his back and brought them out into the light he needed batman to do that so that he could take the shot 
And so to the Riddler, like these two are connected and need to be together. And I'm hoping if we get sequels, it's not just a, a one and done thing that he's in Arkham Asylum now and that's all we'll see of him. I hope they're setting up the fact that these two are going to continue this cat and mouse thing. No, and I and I agree. And I and I and that's what I really liked about the fact that it, his character was just so intelligent and had so many things planned out and executed and ready to go. But he knew and they didn't ever make it unbelievable. Like he knew he could never just walk into that club and make it all the way down, and, you know, and right. take out Falcone. Like that was never gonna happen. And he's like, That I I can't do that need you yeah. and bring them into light but so no i did like that um since you mentioned like going into that club like here was one thing that i i really liked also is there's three different scenes where um pattinson shows up at this club right and the the, the, the dopey twins answer the door right um the first one he shows up as batman and he's kind of the i am vengeance batman and he just like fuck shit up right second time he shows up as bruce and he has a different motive and a different way of handling things you know he says i want to talk to him you know i'm bruce wayne you know this and that the last time he shows up he shows up as bruce you know in his motorcycle gear sneaks in and at some point while in the club turns into batman which I feel like really symbolizes the arc of him in this movie. Like I said, to me, this version of Batman, Batman is who he is and Bruce Wayne was the mask he has to wear. And I think by the end of this movie, the fact that that third time he shows up at the club, he's both, he's Bruce Wayne and then Batman, I think is him figuring out that he can't just be Batman as much as he might not want to be Bruce Wayne, it that's that's his yin and yang. That's his two sides of the coin. He needs Bruce and he needs Batman if he's actually going to be able to make change. And so I think that's when he's first or finally like embracing the Bruce Wayne part of him and going forward, it's going to be much more of the, the Batman that we're, we're used to. So while this is year two and this isn't an origin story and thank God we didn't see his parents, you know, get killed and stuff out front of the opera or whatever, again, this is kind of an origin story. You know, it's, it's not the beginning of Batman, but it is kind of the origin of Batman becoming the Batman that we're used to because he's definitely a different version of Batman for most of this movie. Well, yeah. And I, I, I think that we, definitely see it too when he first meets the the, the mayor uh, candidate like and she's like you could do so much good within this community and i've been trying to get a hold of you and, I mean, and obviously like he just ignores essentially everyone because he's all about that being batman and that's his persona that's who he is but he we see it at the end when he reaches his hand out and helps everyone obviously and we'll, we can talk about that more but and she even grabs his hand and he has a, you know he he changes even more there and it's showing too with with what she had said like you can do a lot of good within your position you can um you can do you can influence you can start this you can start foundation you know yeah. you can do all and he has let that go 
so much, you know, and he's like, maybe it's like, okay, it's not just about vengeance. Like I, I can do a lot as Bruce Wayne as well. Yeah, definitely. All right, so I've got about three more things and then we can pick some nits. Um, unless you have something else that I didn't touch on, but um, Andy Circus is Alfred. Um, not a ton of screen time, but definitely significant time. Um, I liked the, you know, Bruce scrambling to try to, to warn Alfred unbeknownst to him, he's already an hour too late, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I thought, I thought that was really cool. Like I said, we don't get that much of Andy Circus, but what we do get is pretty significant moments, you know, be it the, you know, giving Bruce the cufflinks and showing how much that Thomas must have respected Alfred being Bruce confronting him in the hospital about the truth about his parents and who they were and all that stuff. Um, so I, I liked his performance a lot. Like I said, there just wasn't a lot of him in it. Yeah, and and we get to see him too, helping him decipher certain, you know, and he, you know, he's obviously an intelligent person. And uh, I liked, I liked all the scenes I saw him in, um, but it wasn't a lot. So it, right as of right now, I mean, Michael Caine still is number one. I mean, mm-hmm. I that's it, it, it. We'll see what happens in the sequel. And, and whatnot, I, I didn't dislike his character whatsoever. I thought he was really good in all the scenes that we saw. Yeah. It's just that, and again, and it's probably not even necessarily fair at this point because we got to see so much with Michael Caine, you know, in, in the trilogy that yeah, yeah. I, I'm still like, that's the Alfred in my brain, you know? Yeah, for sure. All right. So the other thing that, it's like a huge pet peeve of mine and I'm so glad they didn't do this is I hate when we get a really cool trailer that has a kick-ass song in it and then the song don't play in the movie. And so the Nirvana, um, <clears throat> something comes this way. I don't, is that what it's called? Something like that fucking plays in that trailer. And it's just, Oh man, like talk about like the mood of a movie. That song was the mood. And not only do we get it in the movie, we get it twice. Like, yep. yes. Because we got uh, it at the end too. Right. right. It was. It. So that was like, thank you. Thank you. So on the same note, one critique I had was, and it wasn't even the movie. Okay. Actually two critiques. Um, one was when I'm watching the previews, I don't want to see any fucking scene yeah. from the movie I'm about to watch. Oh, trust it, me, and trust I, me, dude. I've got a list of <laughs> that I'm about to fucking spew at you. So yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. So like I, although like I I feel exactly the same way about the song because I felt like that was a fucking amazing. And I love even that I, I don't know the name of it, that famous opera song. I thought yeah. that was done really well throughout yep. the movie here and there. And even Paul Dano at the end singing yeah. it himself. Um, and so I thought it was great. It's just that that whole DC trailer, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I know there's a lot of scenes. Like maybe just cut it for the other ones. Like I don't, yeah. like, please don't no. show me scenes. <laughs> so but we'll, we'll jump into this right now. So I watched the original trailer 
a bunch of times. You know, this premiered almost three years ago now, I think at DC Fandom. And then I watched one other trailer one time, but they released like six other trailers that I completely stayed away from. But even in those two trailers, and this is my number one criticism of the movie, and it has nothing to do with the movie. It has to do with DC and the Brothers Warner and their their marketing people. (laughs) They showed way too much fucking stuff in the trailer. Way Way too too much. much. And, you know, it's funny because this exact thought popped in my head when I'm watching the movie. Because about like 45 minutes in, we had already seen so many of the things that were shown in that trailer. I was kind of like applauding them. I was like, oh, like they really like, you know, everything that we saw was in like this first 45 minutes. That's awesome. But then you get um, the, the scene with Zoe and Rob where she makes the comment about the cat and the bat. That's one of the last scenes of the movie. That was all over some of these trailers. Um, you see in one of the trailers the Riddler and Batman interrogation scene that's like after Riddler's already been captured and everything Yes, you see see the shot of Paul Dano sitting at that cafe where he makes the question mark in the the latte foam Uh, and you're thinking that's going to be like an earlier scene he's going to do a lot after right yeah and literally the last shot of the movie is when Bruce and Selena take their bikes through the cemetery and then go their separate ways that's in the trailer too that's the last that's the end of the fucking movie which is shitty because it's like if you are sitting there remembering that you saw that in the trailer and you're like well that hasn't happened yet two hours in two and a half like so obviously they're gonna right away you know and like and i completely agree i hate that shit like yeah. come on like i understand you need to advertise the movie but but is is there anybody that was like well i'm really on the fence about seeing this batman movie but now that trailer has sold me you know the eighth trailer you know maybe the first trailer won a few people over i don't even think that if you're the type of person that sees a batman movie you're gonna see it if you're the type of person yes. that sees star wars you're gonna see a star wars movie you know you you put out one trailer to kind of get people juiced you know you're priming them up a little bit but you do not need eight trailers and you do not need to show that much of the movie and again that's not a criticism of the movie it's a criticism of the marketing department and how they just don't give a fuck it seems like and please do not show scenes that are in the last like 20 30 minutes like because yeah that's gonna be in your head and especially in movies where say there's a scene um, where you think someone may die, you yeah, know, like right. you can't tell it, but then you're thinking like, well, I haven't seen these two clips yet that I know were in the trailers. Like, you know, right, like, right. so obviously they have to live because they have to get past this, you know? And, and I hate that. I really, truly, truly hate that. Yeah. And, uh, and to build on that, this is, one of my, as I was sitting there in your old friend Cinemark Theater today, yes. of okay, actually, I'm going to lead right into this. First of all, I went in there and I hadn't eaten anything today because I okay, my movie was at one o'clock. Um, it was Saturday, so I slept in till like ten. I was like, I just kind of lounged around, got up, like I was like, it's my Saturday, 
I'm going to go to the movie theater. And since, you know, I'm not going to eat anything right now, like I'm going to treat myself to a fucking hot dog, popcorn. So yeah, like that's yeah. going to be the thing. I got there. Go up, order a pop- popcorn and a hot. Oh, we don't have hot dogs. Mm. What? Like they just didn't carry it. Poor management. <laughs> um, I was like, okay, well, I'll take the popcorn. And I was like, well, can I get? I, and I saw all the nacho bags. In the, I was like, can I get a nacho? Then uh, we're out of we're out of nacho sauce. Jesus. This is the this is Saturday at the one o'clock showing for what everyone knew was going to be such a gigantic opening. Like, yeah, yeah. If if movie theater chains didn't see that coming, no, they did. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, and I'm like. I'm like, okay. She's like, we have popcorn and candy. So wow. that was like my only uncomfortableness of way to go, movie. Cinemark. <laughs> Fuckers. Fucking Cinemark. Yeah, it wasn't like just this like local like Auburn theater that yeah, you know, like, yeah. Was, like, fucking Cinemark had popcorn and candy. That was it. So I got a popcorn and oh and so and I got a popcorn and a soda and I endured that for the movie, but I was actually that made me a little uncomfortable because I, I've never gone to a theater and I, like I always love getting a hot dog and, yeah. or at least a nacho or like or fucking a lot of times they have like pretzel bites or yeah, you know what yeah, I mean like yeah. all that sh- they had nothing Sean I'm telling yeah, you that's ridiculous nothing popcorn candy and soda I mean there was and, there was no chance this movie didn't open to at least a hundred million and from what I'm seeing they're looking like like one twenty one thirty. It's like you saw this movie coming a mile away. It's been delayed for like two and a half years. Like, you know, this this is it. This is your spring. This is your big movie of the spring. And you're not prepared. And that's the thing. When I booked my ticket and I reserved my seat, there was only like four seats left on a one o'clock show yeah, on a yeah. Saturday. Like, and you know, like obviously going into like later in a Saturday, Saturday night was gonna be and I just couldn't believe I'm like you guys have no food yeah you have no cheese like what? also it's a hot dog you can't run up to costco and buy hot dogs like Dude, hot, <laughs> hot dogs are the easiest thing in the world to have on suck pick that's what i was thinking i was like i'm gonna fucking mount on this yeah. like horrible hot dog that i love in like you know and i i just couldn't believe it so yeah one come on cinemark that yeah. you really dropped because i even i heard a couple other people in next to me talking shit about it too yeah like of course course, like because like i had no idea i've never gone to a theater and not had food yeah you know and 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 even seeing like this you know obviously no outside food drink hey i respect that that's cool i i know you guys make uh you know the actual theater makes most of their concessions because the studios take most from the ticket sales i get that and i am willing to pay for the concession that's fine but, but you gotta have it. it. You have to offer it. I was like, I like it was such an irritation to me, and I just try to, I try to blank it out because I wanted to have an open mind for the movie. And like, yeah. I mean, I was so in the mood, but I was fucking hungry, and I, you know, like, it, yeah. was, I, yeah. it was an irritation. Then two, leading into that, um, my movie started at one o'clock. That's when the first theater um, preview started. Yeah, Batman didn't start until one twenty-eight. Yeah, I on a three-hour movie, you got it on a three-hour movie. Yeah, and I was like, okay, 
of course I love blockchain trailers. But after the amount of trailers and Cinemark advertisements they had for the monthly pass and all everything. Yeah, yeah. And oh, by the way, that fucking advertisement had like, oh, and 20% off the concession stand. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. what do you mean that shitty ass concession yeah. stand that sure, you know? That to me is like in this time where we're coming off of COVID and the theater chains were already struggling to make sure they're keeping people in and like changing the experience and stuff. And I'm like, you just went the other way. Like you're getting people back into the theater. This is going to be one of the biggest movie openings we've had in years. And you had popcorn and soda. Like, and then you're going to, on a three-hour movie, you're gonna have the amount of trailers and advertisements for half an hour yeah. before it even starts. Yeah, that's I, that's crazy. I was that's in ridiculous. a sour, and that was a thing. Honestly, it had, and this and that's the thing it has nothing to do with the movie. Yeah. It was the movie theater experience yeah. that made me just think, I just want to have this on my fucking big screen, surround sound yeah. system at home, and be more comfortable. Like fuck if i'm gonna go somewhere and the only thing i can get is popcorn and i have to sit through a half hour of shit that whatever you know like yeah. i can watch previews whenever um and watch your bullshit advertisement like yeah that I, and I that's why say, that's why people aren't going to the movies as much i mean forget the whole COVID thing it's like people used to go to the movies because you wanted to see a movie on the big screen with that big sound you know, you didn't want to watch Die Hard on your 19-inch tube TV, you yes. know. But now with people's 70-inch flat screens and their sound bars and the fact that you can pause it after 30 minutes and go to the bathroom and you can go grab a snack and do whatever you want, like, you got to impress me if I'm going to spend money on a, a you know, a ticket and, a, and snacks. And those snacks aren't cheap, you know. I spent like 15, 20 bucks on snacks. You know, my tickets were, um, you know, 12, $13 or whatever. It's like, that's a lot of money. Exactly. Like you are asking people to come out, spend a premium price. And it's like, you got to make the experience better too. Like I, you can't just rely on the fact nowadays that it's a the- like a big screen. Like I get it. It, it is a great experience, but mm-hmm. I had, I think this was the worst theater experience I've ever had because of that, because I purposely went in like thinking, okay, yeah. uh, Hey, today's my movie day and I'm going to indulge. I'm going to have that shitty hot dog and, you know, or nachos or whatever. And, you know, and it was the fact that they had none of that. It was like bare bones and then that they throw a half an hour of advertisements in before a three hour movie. Yeah. Like I yeah, like do so, better, Cinemark. Do yeah. better. So like, when I when I used to work there, we used to plan for 15 minutes of trailers. So if you know a movie is two hours long, you 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 program in 15 minutes of trailers. By my by my later by my later days, I feel like that even extended to like 20 minutes and that's not because they added more trailers it's because of all the advertisements you know here's our app here's this here's that but even still if you know you've got a movie that is two hours and 55 minutes long cut that shit down like three trailers no commercials play this movie and all you're doing is taking money out of your pocket because the longer these shows go and then you gotta have turnaround time for people to clean it up and everything you know that's 
three hours and 45 minutes, like you're going to get three shows a day. If you just cut some of that shit out, like you're getting four and five shows. And then maybe in a theater that only has four seats left, you add an extra show in and that's extra revenue for every person that's coming in there. And they're going to buy your two options of popcorn or candy. And that's that, but. Well, yeah. And I, it used to be too, that I would only see more of the advertisements before the previews. And then it used to only be pretty much previews, you know, for like 15 minutes, which is reasonable, but it was like the way they set up, there was a previews. Then there was like a Verbo ad. And it was yep. super long. Then there was like a couple previews, and there was like their movie pass ad. Then a couple mm-hmm. previews, and it was a fucking something else ad. And then a couple, like, I, I started getting uncomfortable. I'm like, I'm ready for the movie. And I, 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 I checked my phone as soon as Batman started. It was like 128. It was like, yeah, 28, almost 30 fucking minutes of advertisements. Come on, you guys. Yeah, like. And so, like, I know I'm fired up about it, but it actually yeah. really irritated me today. Like, I was, I was already irritated because I didn't get my food. Yeah. And then I had to sit through that. <laughs> you were and angry so, already. <laughs> I was. And so I was like, Christian, clear your head. Like, this has nothing to do with the movie. And, um, and no, I mean, and it was an amazing movie still. And everything we've talked about, obviously, covers that. But yeah that it that's just kind of a rant i wanted to go into about the movie yeah, industry because i'm, I'm like it. i'm all for it i i just don't think the movie industry has done enough to really entice people to come out there instead of staying at home when they are increasingly getting more options at home yeah, yeah. you know it and well, I mean, it just shows you that a lot of these people in hollywood they just don't have a clue like, no you know, they, they, you know, that's the experience, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, uh, I wouldn't say like a frequent movie viewer, but you know, you probably before COVID I'm sure went three to four times a year at least, you know, so that that's, you know, that's someone that you're, you're either going to hook them or you're going to lose them to a 70 inch flat screen at your house. And with experiences like that, you're going to lose them um, on this in the same vein people not having a clue like we already talked about you show us you know scenes from the very last scene of the movie in the trailer <sighs> i like next time that there's a warner brothers movie i i already know don't watch the trailer like i already know that i want to see whatever you know the, the flash movie that's coming out i already know i want to watch that and as excited as i'll be to watch trailers like if they're going to show me shit from the very last scene of the movie i just have no faith in them and i'm not even going to waste my time trying to watch one of those trailers you know because like gonna see, see the movie. You, you're already gonna watch it you know you're gonna watch it like fuck it and and movies like this they're not attracting any kind of fan base that wouldn't already go see it it's not just like a comedy like a an original comedy and you really got to show some part of, you know and uh, like whatever like you yeah. try to entice people like but like the batman the people that were going to go see the Batman are going to go see the Batman. You don't need to give away everything in a fucking trailer. Yeah. And I, 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 yeah, I was extremely irritated. And I, the only movies now, unless movie theaters start to change a little bit, like the only movies I'm going to see now are movies like the Batman. And it is 
specifically to avoid any kind of spoilers or you know because right. I know this is like something but I I I wait for most movies now to come out because I do have a 70 inch TV is like I yeah. do have some, and I have a fucking Bose soundbar like dude my movie theater setup here is pretty legit it's fucking yeah. awesome and this isn't even like the home theater that I did have built before my old house yeah I, and you know like I'm completely content here and yeah. a lot of people are becoming that way you need to do more do better yeah. like don't i could not believe that it and again it wasn't like the local small town theater right. a cinemark a fucking cinemark had yeah. popcorn yeah no it, it's it's absolutely ridiculous and um and i think i think the future of like movie theaters is only going to be those big event movies you know nobody nobody's going out to see i mean they don't even like like nowadays like a a mid-level budget you know 30 million dollar budget like rom-com is not even going to the theater it's going to netflix it's going to hulu you know that because there's no point in putting it on you know or taking it to the theater like if you're if you're going to put a movie on the big screen in the theater you only care about one thing and that's ticket sales you have to get butts in the seats Whereas if you put something on one of these like streaming apps, it has nothing to do specifically about the one romantic comedy you're releasing. It's about getting subscribers and you're putting together a package. I have a hundred million dollars for marketing. This is the movies I've got coming out. It's not super important that everybody see this movie or everybody see this movie or everybody see this movie. It's as a whole, we, we want to get a hundred million subscribers with, this year with these movies that we're going to put out versus if Batman opens to $60 million, it's a failure. People are getting fired. Yeah. So they've got to get butts in the seats. And so I think that's people panicking, thinking, well, we got to make these trailers look awesome. Otherwise people aren't going to come, but that's just people that don't have a clue because like I said, Someone that's going to see the Batman is going to see the Batman. You're not winning anybody over by releasing these big trailers. I mean, we talked about my favorite shot of that movie with the penguin upside down in the car. It's in the trailer. It's in the fucking trailer. Oh, my God. I know. It's, oh, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. All right. So let's back to the movie. Um, couple more things that like I didn't. Um, necessarily hate but I didn't love was um, and I touched on it a little bit was some of the plot things I thought were a little too plotty like I said it was a little confusing you've got this um, backstory which I thought was cool where um, Martha is actually part of the Arkham family and it was like the Arkhams and the Waynes like merged Um, Mm -hmm. but then it's like she was a mental patient or something or and they they've got someone else and like you said is it Mulroney is it Falcone like you know, it just, there was a few little, they could have dialed it back by like 5% and I would have been fine with that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then the only other thing I would kind of say is, and it's not really a criticism. I just, I wish that Wayne Manor and or the Batcave had more of a presence. Like there was really, we saw his house a few times, but not really. And, you know, we saw kind of like his lair where he's putting his shit together, but it didn't feel like the Batcave, you know, and it didn't feel like much like I talked about how Gotham was a character, like the the Wayne Manor and Batcave was not a character in this movie. 
Well, and I was going to ask about that because that bugged me too. Um, there wasn't even a Wayne Manor, was there? I, I mean, no. It, I mean, there's a, place, he, there's a place where he lives, but... But no that's below a high rise in the city, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, right. So there, so there was no... like, And I, I assume that... Because they also had that storyline, you know, about the orphanage and that's where Riddler is as a kid and stuff. And I didn't know if they were because they mentioned that that was part of the Wayne estate. So I don't know if they were trying to make it seem like Wayne Manor got turned into an orphanage, which is kind of like what happened at the end of Dark Knight Rises, remember? Yeah. Um, but if you don't if you don't lay that real estate and tell us about it, then we're not going to know. So yeah, for, 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 for all intents and purposes, there was, there was no Wayne Manor. There was no real Batcave. You know, like I said, there's a place where he puts his gadgets together, but it's not the Batcave. Well, no, and what's funny about it too, and I kind of thought about this um, after the fact, eh, nitpicky, but whatever. Um, the only time we see him, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, enter that place under the high rise is on his motorcycle, and he goes down several sets of stairs, uh, yeah. right, to get there. And I'm like, and then you see his car parked. I'm like, how does he get his car out? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you know, like, does he go up the stairs and down the stairs? I'm like, like I. And also on that same note, it's one thing if someone sees like some fucking guy, like a normal guy on a motorcycle, and he all of a sudden that he just turns down a set of stairs and goes like, "What the fuck was that?" Yeah, but his car is pretty fucking recognizable, and right. the only time he drives it is in the bat suit. And what he's right. just rolling up a set of stairs in that, and then damn, yeah. like, right. <laughs> I wonder where Batman lives. Like, yeah, I, 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 that part did kind of bug me because it wasn't a secret cave it wasn't off the beaten path like because yeah. that's always been the thing too like yeah. he wayne manor something like it's not people yeah people I can't mean, stumble upon it yes like this is in the middle of the city on a fucking high-rise building like yeah uh, and he's got the and so that did bug me too and i'm yeah. glad you brought that up all right uh do you have any more nits to pick or um i have one more thing i want to talk about before we get into rating it um I mean, I think I really covered the only true issues. Like, I, you know, and I'm, I might, I might think of something tomorrow. You know, sure, it's fresh. Sure. It's only been a few hours, but yeah. Um, and maybe on second viewing, but right now, yeah. no. All right. So then, the last thing I want to talk about is, um, in the the closing moments of the movie, Riddler is locked up in Arkham, and he meets a friend, and, um. To, so i mentioned it earlier it when this character comes on screen i kept thinking i know that voice but they showed like kind of half his face right mm -hmm. and i was looking at him and i was like i he doesn't look recognizable to me at all but like i knew i knew his voice and i just i couldn't place it until credits rolled and he's he's credited as like un, unknown arkham prisoner or something like yeah. that yeah um, uh, it, it's obviously supposed to be the joker yes i okay here's i don't know if you thought this and maybe it's just me for some reason when i first saw him and you could only see part of it i right. fucking thought it was jamie kennedy <laughs> i i really yeah. really did and i was like is that fucking jamie kennedy i was like 
he hasn't been anything in years. And I was like, is it one of those situations like where he's like with Heath Ledger? We're gonna never yeah. like, oh, you know, like, but because it kind of looked like him, and yeah. and I, I was like, I don't understand this. And so I had to Google the credits after, and I saw that yeah, it, you know, I know what actor it is. And yeah, so he he was in Eternals, and he was yeah. like like if not my first my second favorite character in eternal so um i loved his storyline in that movie and i loved him and i've seen him in some other things so and but but i i'm i mean it's pretty obvious to me anyway that they're setting him up to be the joker and i think he's a a great choice for that i think he'll he'll be able to do something different and um you know unique uh my little brother shout out justin thought that it was supposed to be two-face um, mostly because like you know his face was kind of hidden in the shadow and um that kind of it thing. looked like it might have been a little deformed right right yeah um i took it more as like it was a little bit deformed in the way that like you know Heath had the cuts on his mouth um but then he even like makes a comment about they treat you like a clown or something like that you know um so i mean it, to me it's definitely like supposed to be the joker and they're setting it's him up to be. to be the joker um, which was one thing we talked about last week. Like, did we think there would be any allusions to the Joker? Would we make, make an appearance? I think neither one of us thought that an actor would actually be there playing a part, but we did think there might be some sort of like an Easter egg. You mentioned like, it'll probably be something like in Batman Begins where right. you see the card. Right, right. It, it was similar, but we just did, we saw an actual role. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so on one hand, I'm a little like, so you got to go back to that well again like can't we just have a cool movie and it doesn't have to be about the joker there's so many other batman villains and stuff but if you're setting up a new batman universe like you're you got to have the joker obviously and um you know like i said i think i think if barry kagan is gonna play the joker he's a good choice and i'll be excited to see what he can do because he really is a good actor um you know no one's ever gonna come close to heath but you don't have to you don't it's yeah. apples and oranges you know just because you're playing the same person doesn't mean you're the same character so um but yeah so that's what it seems like they're setting up to, to going forward is maybe joker and riddler team up or something but um but yeah so i i liked it yeah. i thought it was cool and, and if anything uh, i guess it really shows like if there's gonna be any two villains that are gonna be able to break out together it would be those two because they're both extremely intelligent villains which would be cool if they did like kind of pair up and just wreak havoc on the city exactly and and i can see too with those two characters that they obviously would initially um um team up to break out and they would have um some kind of vision for what they want to do so i think then we would see some kind of drifting at you know at some point because in the end i think that the joker is going to have a more chaotic type yeah. vision you sure, know sure, so sure, sure. all right well then you want to get to the nitty-gritty and and do our our rating a scale one to ten what says yeah. you um i think first one i'm going to go with in 8.8 okay um any any narrative or you think we've said enough and that's that's that uh i think honestly i think we've probably said it like i mean really i, I thought it was a great movie i really did i thought it was fucking 
pretty amazing and i love that it was three hours because i think you got to see a lot of storyline within it and a lot of characters and and everything and i think really like the only thing that would bump it down from the nine range for me would be the critiques that we talked about yeah all right so um i've had three days to sit with it or two and a half days to sit with it now um and it still really holds up to me um, I want to see it again. Um, my my initial thoughts when I like you know credits are rolling, I was almost like, "This is a 10. You know, it's like <laughs> I was so like into it. Um, you know, cooler heads prevailed, and it's I'm not. It's not a 10. You know, the Dark Knight's a 10. This is not a 10. Um, and because of those couple things, mostly, and again, it's no fault of the movie, but because of all that shit in the trailer, it kind of really bugs me, you know. <laughs> Um, it does so i i dropped it a couple points just for that but i'm still really high on it and so i'm going with a 9.8 oh damn you rated it real high like i, I did i'm telling you i was like i was coming out and i was like this is a 10 this is a 10 but then i was like no it's not a 10 you know it's pretty close like i said dark knight's a 10 end game was a 10 this isn't that but the fact that we've seen six or seven different incarnations of batman we just had one with affleck you know most of these dc movies have been a mess um i think that they with this they really set a cool tone you know i mentioned the nirvana song um bruce wayne really was kurt cobain he was chris cornell you know he was kind of this gothic rocker type Mm -hmm. character the i love the the cinematography the way that they like used the reds and the blacks in the movie was just very haunting you know if i were to use one word for this movie it's like haunting or chilling Mm -hmm. Um, the score i thought was beautiful and fantastic but it wasn't big you know it was very it um, wasn't like in the the christopher nolan right this isn't Hans zimmer with you you know but what they did and i think the composer was michael Cicchino, who's my favorite composer um it fits what this movie's going for like i said this is a much more grounded understated version of batman you know much more just realistic this is a david fincher serial killer movie so having that big score wouldn't really feel appropriate so i just thought it was pitch perfect you know and i love matt reeves ever since felicity back in the day you know like cloverfield the apes movies he's made let me in like i just feel like he's never done anything bad you know so i'm just i'm a big fan and i thought he did a good job and you know as much as we you know we talked about when they rebooted spider-man with andrew garfield and it's like we we just don't need this again you know it you could easily say that about batman and there's been more versions of batman you know be them spread out a little bit more but it could have easily been like yeah we just saw Ben Affleck, you know, we know that there's this Flash movie coming up that has Affleck and Keaton both playing Batman in it. It, it. it could easily have gone off the rails, but I felt like they they did their own thing. It it you know all the the it looked very practical. You know, even the scenes with the flooding, the the fighting, you know, him jumping off buildings. It didn't look like just some cheesy Zack Snyder CGI shot. You know, Zack Snyder is definitely like an artist when it comes to crafting shots, but his stuff looks fake a lot of time, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and this, this didn't have that. So I just, I thought everything they did 
everybody was just on their A game, you know? There's a few little problems. And um, as far as it being the first chapter of hopefully, like you said, a, maybe two or a trilogy, I just thought this is this is a good way to, to start things. And if typically the second chapter in a trilogy is is better it's it's your dark knights it's your empire strikes back so if if this movie the batman i feel this strongly about what's going to happen in this next one like i'm just um and it's a shame and i think all these like awesome tv series have spoiled me but now it's like okay so wait three years and get another movie that kind of (laughs) sucks no and i no i i i really enjoyed it and i think probably at times maybe i'm a little harsher on on ratings even though like for me yeah an 8.8 is really high no that's a fantastic score uh, yeah um and like thinking back on it and i'll have to watch it honestly and this is i'm just gonna shit on cinemark one more time um it could have it could have been my mood Absolutely. Altering a little bit, starting that movie, being hungry and being yeah. irritated at 30 minutes of advertisements. Like, and again, I was no, like, okay, yeah. clear your mind, but that could have no. had a little the, influence. On absolutely. My, you know? the, the first time I saw Pineapple Express, I hated it because I was ha- having a bad mood and shit was going down and it just ruined it for me. You know, obviously I love Pineapple Express. It's one of my favorite comedies, but the first time I watched it, I was like, that's stupid. And it didn't have the cool song from the trailer in the movie. So that was already strike one. <laughs> but, yeah. But um, yeah, no. Yeah. And I, it, it, and that'll just be my last note on the Cinemark thing. Movie theaters. No, fuck Cinemark. Like, like, <laughs> like, I, yeah, fuck Cinemark. <laughs> but like, just like, I'm thinking, you know, like going in, you're like, this is a movie theater experience right now. Right. Yeah. You know, oh, wait, you got to throw 30 minutes of fucking ads at me on a three hour movie. Okay, cool. Yeah. But uh, cause I, even, oh, I, I did forget to mention this to you. Like, even when I was thinking that, uh, like after like 20 minutes in another preview start and the guy next to me goes, another fucking preview. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, yeah. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'm not the only one. Like, right. No, for sure. For sure. So, but overall though, I'm super excited to watch it again. Um, I, 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 wanting to have a home experience too because yeah and that that is i mean there's nothing there's nothing theaters can do about this part about you know when you gotta piss or so you know yeah um but it definitely is nice like once you've seen it in the theater to experience like a three four hour movie at home yeah but um but overall solid solid fucking batman movie yeah no for sure so i think uh that was a pretty long conversation, so I think might as well call this a show, yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Definitely talked about that for a while. Well, we kind of have a subplot with fuck Cinemark anyway. So, right. Yeah, right. The, right. the movie, movie theater experience in general. So, all right. So uh, Yeah, I was a little fired up on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, that, hey, that's the Batman. Um, overall, we, we both really liked it. So, um, next week, uh, I don't know exactly what we'll be talking about, but we'll be here. I know upcoming, at some point, I definitely want to get into some of these Oscar-nominated movies. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a couple new TV series that have just started that people are talking about. Uh, Moon Knight's right around the corner. Obviously, Obi-Wan, we're two and a half months away. So lots of good stuff coming um, soon. So I hope you guys stick around with us, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks, everyone. Have a good one. Goodbye.
Wow.